welcome to Multiverse Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And if you say as many things to the cops, I'm going to put a plug in you, bub. Going to send you straight down to the New Jersey Who's Gal. Yeah, see. We're not in Jersey, Luke. And you're not recording X-Men Noir. No, we're this week we're talking about Spider-Man Noir. As we're kicking off our Noir Month. And also Road to Spider-Verse. Well, no, we kicked that off like with episode one. But no, this is also the start of what I'm considering our third season. Oh, yeah. Season three. Mm hmm. The one where by the end of it, one of us. Well, no, I don't want to joke about one of us dying because then if one of us dies, as we've seen before, like if we get Chris Sims back on. Yeah. Uh, then I'd feel really, really awful. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, this is season three because Devin's going to have a lot more work as he's trying to get his master's degree. And I'm trying to. I don't know. Yeah. Just keep this podcast going. Yeah. With weekly updates that we've been at for over like three months or three years. Yeah, our new cover is by Anna D'Amico, who you may be familiar with from our special episode covers of Exiled Podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to kill you on that cover. And then we have a variety of people who are uh, looking on. And, uh, you know, if you can name all of them, that's great. And if you can name what cover this one is inspired by, uh, if you're the first person to send it into multiversalq at gmail.com. I'll figure out some sort of prize to get you. Didn't you tweet it on Twitter, though? Not what it was referencing. Are you sure? Yeah. And I also put the challenge up on there. So, I mean, nobody knows yet. Let's see. You keep talking. I'm going to scroll. Yeah, so Marvel Noir was a whole series and then a sequel series of uh, different noir takes. I don't think a lot of the people really understand what noir is. No. Except for like, hey, we're going to make this character a detective for some reason. Yeah. Which is what they do with Daredevil and Wolverine. (sighs) And uh, to be fair, Daredevil's the one that actually makes sense. Yeah. Well, not Either way, it's not a good story. No. And then a lot of them, they just have this very heavy photo referenced art or like photo edited art, which I don't really understand why. But Marvel, they did a good job with that art. Oh, yeah. No, Spider-Man Noir is so far from what I've read, the like toe to tip champion. Iron Man Noir is also good, mostly because some of them didn't actually completely stick with the noir aspect they went for more for the pulpy adventures those ones did a much better job that's what i've heard about iron man yeah iron man's much more a pulp adventure deadpool actually even deadpool pulp's not quite as much a 
pulp adventure as Iron Man's was. Deadpool pulp is not a canonical Marvel noir story, no matter what Wikipedia says. It does not take place in the same universe. No, I know. Though also, like, all of these stories happening in the same universe do not make sense since, like, all of them are set in New York City. They keep saying that they are supposed to take place in the same universe, but I don't think they do. New York City's a big town. It, it would be neat if they came together a bit more, but I think that wouldn't work as well with the whole pulp idea where it's supposed to be like one person against an entire corrupt system. And if you have like other people who are against that corrupt system, it sort of goes against it. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Did you find what you were looking for? No. That's just that looking. Yep. No, I uh, decoded or I said what we hadn't covered on the other covers, which was Ultimate Spider-Girl and Super Demon. From the original cover that Noel Valet did. Yeah. And then uh, I did forget that we have both covered Morph and uh, the one of the two Supergirls from Superman for All Seasons. Or no, not Superman from All Seasons. Uh, Secret Identity. But yeah, we are getting into Spider-Man Noir today. Which uh, is set on Earth 90214 and was a four issue miniseries written by David Hine and Fabrice Sapolsky with art by Carmine Di Gian Domenico with letters by Art Monkey Studios. And I think this is one of the few that also actually tries to pin on dates, but it is set in January of 1933 in New York City. We open at the offices of the Daily Bugle, where police are responding to a report that J. Jonah Jameson has been shot. And when they burst into his office, they see Spider-Man standing over his corpse. Spider-Man webs the police and escapes. And we see a number of photos that were scattered on Jameson's table. Oink, oink, piggies. (laughs) (laughs) The multi, the exiled bit comes back every time, doesn't it? Pretty much. So we flash back to three weeks earlier to Ben Ulrich uh, coming to a shanty town where he's taking photos of the homeless before he goes on to see Mae Parker, who is denouncing the government's treatment of poor people and suitably containing. Because she's a filthy rat. Well, yeah, but uh, I agree with Aunt May. And I do like how this is Aunt May who will. You're a filthy nah. red too, Luke. And so are you. Fucking filthy red. <laughs> what if filthy red was just this universe's version of Omega Red? It was just a very dirty boy from Russia. I mean, that's kind of what Omega Red is. Mm-hmm. But while Atme is suitably complaining about capitalism, that is when the enforcers of the Goblin show up. Ox, Fancy Dan, and Montana. I, I do love that we get the enforcers to show up in this one. I agree. They don't get sh- they don't show up enough in six one six anymore. Mm-hmm. And they're such great characters. It's like, and you can work them in pretty much to any story. You just make them the muscle for pretty much any villain you want. Though I don't think you can get them to work as well in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe now at this point where you've got like people like the Vulture and uh, like the higher powered supervillains coming into play. Like they worked a lot better when superheroes were more grounded, but 
and your next but in the next movie with Spider-Man in it, he's going to be fighting Thanos. And it's like you can't easily downgrade unless you do it just as a jokey bit. And I mean, that whole divide of is no enforcers better than some enforcers. It's it's a complicated one. I'm not talking about the movies. I just want it in the comics. Oh, in 616, they're not like really around anymore. Yeah. Well, how did he feel about a spectacular Spider-Man, the animated series where they ended up getting superpowers? Oh, fine. Okay. So they also took the time to build them up and make them make sense for getting those. Yeah. So Aunt May resists their uh, request for her to come down. Peter goes after them physically. And that is when Ben Ulrich steps in to take a photo of them. And they back off because he's off limits and he offers to take Aunt May and Peter home. Which fun fact I learned at my internship yesterday. The camera that Ben Urich is using to take their picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part that holds up the uh, flash. Mm-hmm. That was what they used to make the first uh, hilts for the lightsabers. Interesting. Uh, I'm picking up some weird background noise. Are you moving something around on your table? Oh, you're, you've got the book with you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's picking up when you're moving pages. Like that? Like that? See, that that... What Devin doesn't know, said Luke to himself, is that at the end of this, we'll do a whole lot who takes over Devin's place. Everybody's getting replaced at the end of this season. Except for me. Because otherwise no one would actually edit the podcast. True. Mm-hmm. So May runs a welfare center and her husband Ben was killed recently. Peter assumes that it was the Goblin's men. So while May goes inside, Ben recognizes the spark of rebellion inside Peter and takes him back into the Black Cat, which is a speakeasy run by Felicia Hardy, who Yurik had previously tried to get engaged to. The two of them get drinks, and Peter asks Ben why he's off limits, and he just says, it's the power of the press. And he tries to shake some of Peter's altruism, showing him the various politicians and criminals who are mingling inside the speakeasy. At that point, Norman Osborn, the goblin, comes in with his men, Craven, the vulture, and a fourth unnamed man. Ben tells Peter everyone in the club was probably involved with Ben's murder somehow. With Uncle Ben's murder. People pay it off. People look the other way. And then others just murdered. Yeah, it keeps sounding like you're pulling out a metal desk when you turn pages. I put the book down. Oh, and something else is also getting picked up on. People are shoveling outside because we got a bunch of snow yesterday. Ah, okay. So that's why. Yeah, we've got snow coming down here right now. (sighs) It's like it's winter or something. Yeah, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Osborne's men are all former carnies, and Osborne recognizes Peter. And when Peter throws his drink at Osborne, they get kicked out of the club. But Felicia knows that she likes the kid. Ben, meanwhile, is furious about what Peter did, but Peter refuses to ignore the corruption. And so Ben decides to bring him to J. Jonah Jameson to work for him as a photography assistant for Ben, where they will be bringing people's stories to the masses. 
They start reporting and Peter is still angry and he talks about how he had found Uncle Ben dead, how he'd been tied down and had dogs set upon him. But Ben Yurik is keeping two secrets from Peter right now. Where are they, Luke? The first is that he's he's on that pony, Devin, that heroin pony. And the second is that he was there when Uncle Ben was killed and it was the vulture who attacked him, not dogs. Gross. Yep, because the vulture used to be the guy who'd bite heads off of chickens. They're called geeks, Luke. Mm-hmm. Don't you remember how on that famous TV show that was underrated by Judd Apatow, you had the freaks and you also had the people who'd bite the heads off of chickens? Yeah, why do you think Martin Star acts the way they do does? Mm-hmm. So they continue working and seeing and reporting injustices like a building being burnt down for the insurance money. And Peter notes one of the goblins men is nearby and he just keeps getting angry because he's feeling powerless. And he feels that the people have to be the ones to move those who are in power, which. Good point, Peter. Very good point, Peter. And so when the story that they uh, worked on recently is published, Peter rushes into Ben's apartment and he finds Ben strung out. And when the phone rings for someone known as the spider, Peter takes down the notes that the goblin is getting a shipment of antiques. He heads over there and finds the main piece is a cursed statue that quickly falls over and breaks, releasing hundreds of spiders, which leads to Fancy Dan, the person who had been seen outside the burning building, getting eaten alive by spiders. Peter, watching from the rafters, has one of these spiders bite. Craven's bad at his job. He is, but he does have a monkey. It's true. Do you think the monkey's evil? I think the monkey's evil. I think the monkey has just been conditioned by evil people, which doesn't miss. I think the monkey's evil. I think it controls Craven. So do you think that monkey would go to monkey hell? Oh, for sure. I think it would just go to regular hell because it's so smart. He's in league with Mojo Jojo and would be fought by the superhero known as Monkey. You didn't watch enough Cartoon Network as a kid, did you, Luke? No, I just don't think that was a good goof. You're a bad goof, Luke. I'm done with this podcast. Last minute, Devin quit the show. That was me flipping the microphone in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, I recognized your McFoley work. What sort of gag was that, Luke? Hmm? Hmm? That's a recurring gag. So Peter, watching from the rafters, has a spider bite him, and he sees a spider god that curses him with powers since he isn't evil and he wakes up in a web. Yurik, meanwhile, getting tired of what is going on, goes to confront Osborne with a photo of Fancy Dan near the fire. But since Fancy Dan died, it isn't really a going concern. Osborne still pays him off moments before Peter bursts in. He threatens Osborne, but Osborne knows that, uh, well, Peter's not ready to kill people yet. And then Peter sees Ulrich and leaves the building confronts him for being owned by Osborne, and he says that he never wants to see him again. Osborne and his men chase after the Spider-Man, and they find Ulrich, and Osborne wants him to find out who the real Spider-Man is, 
but Ulrich quits instead, so Osborne wants to keep tabs on him since he thinks that Ulrich might be ready to squeal. That night, back in his apartment, Ulrich calls Jameson, ready to turn over evidence on the goblin that will implicate him with a number of crimes. And Jameson goes to head over and get it. Time passes, a knock comes at the door, and when Ulrich opens it, he's shot dead by a mysterious assailant. Which is only like two pages later. Yeah, but I didn't know who it was going to be. Peter, meanwhile, makes a new costume, so while the spider is dead, the Spider-Man is officially ready to start. Also, R.I.P. Ulrich Ben. And Uncle Ben. We got two bins for the price of one. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. So Peter goes to Ben's apartment and finds another dead Ben there and calls the police who decide they can't really pin it on him. But they also really don't give a damn because he was a junkie. Jameson, meanwhile, is revealed to have turned in Ulrich's evidence and to have shot him for Osborne. But the papers he turned in weren't the important ones that Osborne really needs to get rid of. Peter, meanwhile, is reached out to to go and meet with Felicia, who turns over the files that she was trusted with by Ben Ulrich. He wants to go to the bugle, but she warns him not to. And tells him to use them. Use them. Use them. Peter's devastated by what happened. And even though Ben Ulrich was a junkie, May tells him to do right by Ben. At the funeral, Jameson tries to confront Peter about the evidence that he might have. And his spider sense activates, so he lies. Which I like how they illustrate his spider sense in this comic. Yeah, and I think they also use that same illustration in the Marvel uh, Lego Superheroes 2 game. Oh, they might. I believe it's what they used for him in um, Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Part of me is like, it's weird how Spider-Man Noir keeps showing up everywhere, but he's actually got like some characterization, and this is one of the better ones of these. And he looks cool. Yeah, he's Spider-Man with guns in uh, Noir. Yeah. Well for, well, for Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions game, they wanted that to be like the stealthy Batman-esque, or the Batman Arkham game type character, mm. who clings to the shadows and drops down on the peeps. So the Spider-Man starts taking down all of Osborne's network, leaving a calling card, and Osborne's associates are angry. Osborne figures out that it's either Felicia Hardy or Peter Parker, and Ox, who had been in the Black Cat when Peter went to pick up the files, notes as much, and Osborne demands that they go and get Peter. Ooh, boo, boss. I saw fo- that Parker boy at Felicia's place. I'm Ox. I'm kind of dumb. I don't know. I think he'd be a lot dumber, though, if he never commented on it. I mean, he puts things together. That's good, true. But I mean, oh, a level... to be fair, no, it was already put together for him. And they're just like, oh, yeah, I saw that thing you're talking about. Jameson, meanwhile, is forced to be a Well, no, Jameson, meanwhile, posts a editorial against Spider-Man. So Peter decides to confront him about it. And when he comes into the Daily Bugle, we circle back to the start of the story where Jameson is found dead. He escapes and flees. And he goes to study the files on Osborne's men, and he ends up heading to the morgue because he realized that 
the Jameson who's been shot and killed and who has been against him and who's been doing all these other crimes is actually the chameleon. That's because J.J. and Jameson is the pinnacle of truth and justice and would never turn. Because Jameson is a good man. The real Jameson, along with Felicia, have been captured by Osborne. While the Vulture is secretly waiting in May's house. The Vulture attacks May and Spider-Man comes in and pulls a gun on him. May asks him not to shoot, but Peter remembers what the Vulture did to Uncle Ben and fires anyways. May is... I'm divided between her being unreasonably angry and reasonably angry that he didn't just web up the Vulture. But Peter's morality is slipping more and more, and so he apologizes and leaves. But he tells Aunt Are May you fine? No, he's keeping his gun. Mm-hmm. Are you fine with him shooting the vulture here? Yes. Yeah. First off, one, at this stage in the game, vulture's not really a person anymore. He is an animal. He also murdered and ate Uncle Ben. It's fucked up. And he's about <laughs> to do the same thing to Aunt May. So Peter heads over to Osborne's torture house, and it turns out that Osborne has had Jameson for a while. And we also find out that it was Felicia who had seen Jameson kill Ulrich. So then she went and killed Jameson, or actually the chameleon. And Jameson gets happy because that imposter bit the dust. Mm-hmm. So Osborne gets ready to kill her when Spider-Man comes in and takes out Osborne's men. He fights a tiger, and Osborne escapes, taking Felicia with him. Craven, meanwhile, is still alive, so Peter tosses him into the tank of murder spiders, and he heads into the sewers. I, I don't know if Osborne was feeding those murder spiders anything, but I, I'm glad he kept them around. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, as Peter heads into the sewers, he gives Felicia a chance to escape by Felicia. But when he wrestles Osborne, Osborne's able to remove his mask and Peter removes part of Osborne's face, revealing him to be a gross reptile man because he was also in the freak show where he was called a goblin. And that's also what the mean kids who would throw rocks at him as he was growing up called him. You're not putting me in a cage. You're not putting me in a cage basically what he cries so osborne now knows that peter can kill but peter refuses to kill him and plans to send him to trial osborne goes to shoot him but the gun gets webbed up and that's when a craven full of spiders reappears attacks osborne and both of them end up in the water where they are washed away presumably dead most certainly dead craven full of spiders i know i know it's serious Peter goes to visit Felicia after, and he gives her a photo of her and Ben Urich. And then he also goes, gross, you were sleeping with that weird goblin man. Goblin dick. It's like rude, Peter. So the winter ends. Jameson is back to running the Daily Bugle. May is still fighting for the common people. Nazis are starting to show up. But Spider-Man is there to help out as needed. And that is where we end this part. And so is FDR. Mm-hmm. FDR, FDR, he's got polio, FDR. He can't walk really well, but he helped the Nazis fall. Look out. <laughs>
Here comes the FDR. So, Devin. Yeah. We are going to be uh, putting this universe on at the end after we've covered Spider-Man Eyes Without a Face. And uh, that is going to be at the end of this month. But you want to hear some good news for our listeners who don't think we put out enough episodes? What? Tell me, Luke. We're going to have episodes every Wednesday, and we're also going to have a few double episodes on uh, Sundays until we get this whole thing completed. (gasps) Yeah, (sighs) I'm going to be doing a stupid amount of work. Too true. So. You've got that to look forward to. On Wednesday, we have Cameron Diordio coming on to talk about X-Men Noir. So that is going to be a good episode. And then the following week, we've got Daredevil Noir and Wolverine Noir. So I'm I'm really excited about this. Please, if you were uh, interested in this or if uh, like Noir stories are your thing we'll be able to tell you which ones are actually worth reading the spider-man noir goes on that list but for now we've got questions to answer so are you ready Devin? what are they luke tell me what are questions or well yeah because otherwise then i won't know how to answer the other things well no no well a question is something that you respond to but i i'm asking if this is just like you're asking what the concept of a question is. Yeah. So then we can do this next segment. Oh, so a question is a. It's something where you do not currently have the answer that you're looking for. And so you ask it to find out what the answer is. What's is. Uh, according to Google, it is the top level domain for Iceland. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so questions that we got this week are uh, from Michael B., who is not really a robot, who wants to know, does Marvel's no cigarette rule hurt them when it comes to comic book noir? Noir comes from a very smoky place, and when we think of noir, we think of Bogart dragging on a cigarette. Maltese Falcon wouldn't be as visually striking if Bogie was chewing gum. There's smoking in these, right? That's what I thought, yeah. And drinking. Yeah, I think that role more comes from, like, all ages comics or younger comics, and the imprint that these were on wasn't really an all ages one. No. Like, I don't think it was quite Marvel Knights, but maybe. Or at the very least, I know that there isn't the next one because Felicia smokes the long cigarettes. The long cigarettes was my uh, favorite Batman novel. That was not a good joke. Oh, well, it's a, you're reaching a little. Yeah, I I will not argue with you there. So... The other question that we have comes from your friend and mine, Andrew Young, who's going to be joining us for the second X-Men noir comic. He wants to know what other Marvel comics 
characters would work well in a noir setting. Kind of did all the ones that work well, and then some that don't. Well, well, Cameron has a uh, good suggestion that I will keep quiet until next week so we don't spoil it. But, uh, I don't know. Who are the uh, big Marvel people right now? Or, like, the main Marvel characters? I don't think you could do a good Carol Danvers. No. Well, no. You, no, because she is generally coming from a position of power where she's either with a magazine or she's had the training. Maybe her doing a the whole journalism thing would work well, but then you might as well just do Jessica Jones noir. Yeah. Actually, she would work well. Because she's mm-hmm. borderline written as a noir novel, anyhow. Mm-hmm. Iron Man wouldn't, or Iron Fist wouldn't really work because that's a lot more pulpy. And, uh, yeah. Black Widow, you could do. Yeah, I think Black Widow could be an uh, interesting one. I was going to say the Punisher is a very good choice, but they did him. Yeah. Like, honestly, out of any of them, he's probably the one that works the best. Oh, de- depending on what you're going to, like, consider working the best. But, uh, yeah, let's... let's uh, Just, like, from his initial Ant- character. I think Ant-Man you could do a pretty good one with. Yeah, potentially. The big thing is, with the exception of Spider-Man, really none of the other ones actually had superpowers. Uh, yes and no. I mean, they sort of mess up everything in uh, the second X-Men one. Well, that's true. Yeah, and like, I, I've been reading Daredevil this morning and it makes zero sense. Because it's like, oh, how did Daredevil get his powers? He got his head smashed against a wall, which made him blind. Makes sense. Um, You could probably do Echo Noir, but that's pretty much Daredevil again. I'm just quickly looking at everyone who's been on a team. Surprisingly, we didn't get a Nick Fury noir. That she is a little surprising. A noir Fury. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you could just do, like, one, yeah, wrapping her with, like, Black Widow, just, like, doing, like, an entire kind of, like, shield noir type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, secret agent noir. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's sort of, like, the extent. There's probably some smaller characters who I'm not thinking of. Blade noir. Yeah, but him, I would say you probably need to do more as like a pulp adventure rather than a noir one. Because vampires. Because vampires. And then like Moon Knight, pretty much any Marvel character they have that goes into the shadows, they could do Just, a yeah, at any least of street level pulp. characters they could. Because mm-hmm. <sighs> Luke Cage actually Xavier, did pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to covering that one with Daryl Ao. Yeah, that's a good so. book. Yeah, uh, so you know where we'll be next time. If you want to see the image gallery that we have for this episode, the art for Spider-Man Noir is pretty good. So I got like 22 images or so up from that. You can find that at multiversalq.com. 
where you can also see our Trials of the Multiverse list. We'll probably at the end do a rankings of all of the noir universes as we've done with Amalgam and some of the other books. And uh, Devin, where can people find you online? You can find me online at Fredafet. That's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at, at Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G or at Luke Hare, L-E-K-E-H-E-R-R dot com. Uh, Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. We are Patreon sponsored where for as little as a dollar a month, you get bonus episodes like we recorded a Multiverse Q one last week where we talked about movies and I have not edited and put that up yet because I got super distracted and busy this week. So that will also be going up today for Patreon backers. You also get early episodes of our other podcast, uh, Multiversal Q, or our other podcast, Exiled. And I also do like special backer events and role playing games and that sort of thing. Uh, thank you for listening. Please like, rate, and review us on iTunes. If you do that, send us an email with what you are submitting to multiversalq at gmo.com. That helps other people find out about this podcast. And in this, our third season of doing the the podcast i'm really trying to expand our audience because we sort of reached a point and then stagnated so if you're on forums share about it if you're on reddit share episodes that you think are better than normal and uh yeah we will see you on wednesday or i'll see you wednesday and then devin will be back when we're talking about the next arc of new exiles until then This one's by Hank. See?